thank you, Father, for your love for us. We thank you for the abundance of your grace. We thank you for the gift of righteousness. We thank you for your love upon our lives. We say, be thou exalted. We say, be thou glorified in the name of Jesus. Father, we have come to learn at your feet this evening in the name of Jesus. We ask that you speak to us in your word in the name of Jesus. We ask that you reveal yourself to us in your word in the name of Jesus. Um, in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Praise the Lord. Um, welcome to Nat School today. That has been tagged specifically with ammonia. That is prosperity. Last Sunday we started. Last Sunday we um, started a discussion, a series on prosperity, and uh, so far we've been able to look at the um, the first part. We have looked, be able to look at what prosperity is. We have agreed that prosperity is a state of contentment and fulfillment that is achieved through living in a particular way. I'll repeat. A state of contentment and fulfillment. Now, it is achieved through living in a particular way. So there is a particular way you can live that you will become prosperous. Now what this also means is that there is a particular way you can live. Okay? That regardless of what comes out of it, you are not going to be prosperous. So prosperity is first and foremost has to do with the way you live. No, we have said this before, that prosperity is first a nature and a state of being. So a man prospers because he has been blessed. I've said this before. And now, the Lord Jesus said something in John 10, 10. He said, the thief came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But he said, the reason I came is so that you may have life. And that you might have it abundantly. You see, the Lord Jesus didn't just say, I, I, I came so that you may have life. Because having life means being restored to the state that man originally was. But then he said, that you might also have it abundantly that you might also be able to multiply it that is the reason i came so prosperity is your birthright as a believer in christ jesus prosperity is not just your birthright prosperity is your um how do we call it now prosperity is your identity So you are not going to prosper because of what you do. Listen to me now. You are not going to prosper 
believer in Christ Jesus that has received life and is able to multiply this life, you are not going to prosper because of the job that you do. You are not going to prosper because of the course that you read. You are not going to prosper because of the kind of work that you do. You are going to prosper first and foremost because your identity is prosperity. Now, if you do not know this, it does not matter what you do, you may not prosper. That's what. And then two, if you now know this, you must also understand there is a particular way you must live if you are going to prosper. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Lord Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is a requirement to prosperity. Or let me say it this way the kingdom of God is a requirement. Okay? To being one with God. John chapter 1, I think from verse 12 says, As many as received the Lord Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So as a son of God, you belong in the kingdom of God. Now, you don't just belong in the kingdom of God now. The Lord Jesus said, when you became a son of God, the kingdom of God is in you. This is why. The kingdom of God is in you because God himself is in you. Now, notice Jesus said, seek the kingdom and then its righteousness. He didn't say seek the kingdom and all things we've had. No, he didn't say that. If he had said that, he would have lied. He said, seek the kingdom and its righteousness. So there is a righteousness to the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Now, this righteousness is the particular way you must live if you are going to prosper. And this righteousness has nothing to do with not wearing earrings. It has nothing to do with the kind of trousers you're wearing as a lady. It has not absolutely nothing to do with the kind of hair you make. It has absolutely nothing to do with tattooing. I, I, I'm speaking sincerely now. It has nothing to do with the kind of haircut you have. And everything to do. Are we together now? The way you live. When we say the way you live now, we mean the instruction and the programming that you live by. Because there are people who, so to say, do not pierce their ears, women for women now, and their skirts are so long and so shabby, and yet they do not prosper. They, they, they've tried. There are people who can spend five hours praying. 20 hours praying. There are people who live on the mountain. Practically live on the mountain. Yet, they do not prosper. Now, the question is, what are they doing wrong? Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. So there is a righteousness to the kingdom. Now, this is the interesting part. 
I was having this conversation with a guy on Twitter some days ago, and I was trying to say that you must understand that righteousness is not about what you can do, but about how you are meant to do. So righteousness is not about what you think is right or wrong. But righteousness is about God's standard. You see, a man is righteous first and foremost because God has declared him righteous. I don't know why I'm dwelling much on righteousness now, but I want you to understand it. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Don't worry, don't read. I can just quote it. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. So you can't have peace with God if you're not righteous because to be righteous means to have right standing with God. You see, we are justified by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the Lord Jesus. So you're first and foremost righteous because of your faith in the Lord Jesus, not because of the number of hours you spent crying when you were praying for salvation. Not because of the pastor that prayed for you when you wanted to receive salvation. The whole thing is that you believe the story. You had faith. And that is how you became righteous. Now listen to this. Now the Bible now says that there is a righteousness of God. Because there's a difference between being righteous and the righteousness of God. To understand this better, I would recommend that you listen to our teaching on the threefold manifestation of righteousness. The threefold manifestation of righteousness. We said that righteousness can first and foremost be having a right standard with God and that's being righteous. Then the second one is the standard operating procedure. That is the righteousness of the kingdom. So there's a difference between being righteous and the righteousness of the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. There are three different things entirely. In fact, Romans 1 verse 17 says that in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The same righteousness the Lord Jesus said you should live by, is the Bible says it is revealed. So it means that no man can have all of the righteousness at once. You can't at your point in time say, um, this is an absolutely wrong for Christians to do. Christians shouldn't wear, I, I, I'm speaking generally now, that Christians shouldn't, Christian women shouldn't pierce their ears. That God will be hungry. No, that's just tradition speaking. That can't be God. The only concern God has about our appearance, ladies and gentlemen, the only concern God has about our appearance, our physical appearance, is that it is in moderation. That when we say moderation now, it does not inspire other people to misbehave. So if your dressing does not inspire other people to misbehave, if your communication does not inspire other people to misbehave, you're fine. Yet, that is not the righteousness we're talking about. Now, Jesus said, notice he said, the righteousness of the kingdom would enable all things to be added unto you. This is true prosperity. So, you experience all things not because you work for it, 
surely you work you experience all things not because you work for it but because they are added to you because of the way you live see when you begin to understand this you understand why the bible said cast your bread upon the waters aha you understand why the bible says there is a man that saves yet is impenetrable you know they said saving is a good thing right but the bible says there is a man that saves yet he lives in penury and there is a man that continually gives and yet he lives in abundance now this is against logic that is the righteousness of the kingdom we're talking about now two this is our emphasis for today that prosperity is a product of living in a particular way I've said first and foremost that a man prospers because of his nature. So now, now that you're a believer, your prosperity personalized. Okay. But you need to live in a particular way if you are going to bring prosperity out. I mean, if you're going to manifest prosperity. So though your identity is prosperity, you need to manifest it. Because there are many people today that their identity is prosperity, but their their appearance is misfortune. You see, we need to learn the science. Did I just call it the science? Well, let's call it the science for today. We need to learn the science of bringing spiritual realities into physical existence. So spiritually speaking, you are prosperity. But it needs to materialize. It needs to become a physical experience. I'm going to look at it together. Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Sister Deborah, you can read Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Now, God speaking to Joshua in the scripture. When you're, whenever you're ready, you can just go ahead and read, please. Now, God was speaking to Joshua in the scripture. I'm sure it was a conversation between the both of them. And God said, Joshua, do you want to be successful? And Joshua must have said yes. Let's hear what God said. Joshua 1 8. Mm-hmm. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein days and nights, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Thank you. Look at this now. God spoke to Joshua. I'm sure this was a conversation between the both of them. I want you to think about it as a conversation. This was a conversation between God and Joshua. And Joshua must have gone to God and said, You know, the way you were with Moses, I love it. I want to have the same experience. And by all means, I'd like to say this that Joshua had a better experience than Moses. Now, listen to me. This is a secret. God said, God said, <laughs> This book of the law, now, at that time, it was a law. Please notice that when we say the law, we do not mean the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is a part of the law. A study of the book of Leviticus would help you understand this. Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So, there are ordinances apart from the Ten Commandments. You know, when we talk about the law, the first thing that comes to people's mind are the Ten Commandments. No, there are far more ordinances. God gave them specific instructions for living 
specific instructions. So there is a thing you must do if a stranger comes into the city. There is something that must be done. If a stranger that comes into the city must be staying in your house, there is a way to handle a stranger living in your house that wants to marry your daughters. There is a way to, there is a way for everything. God gave them a manual for living. If they were going to be free from the authority of Satan. Now listen to this. God said, this book, notice God didn't say this tablet. He said, this book signifying that there was more than anything. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth day and night. It mustn't get out. He says, what are you going to do about it? Now, this God didn't say, this book of God shall not depart out of your head day and night. He said, out of thy mouth day and night. It means just continually repeat the things. And then he said, that you may be able to do all that is written therein. So it is not just about to talk about it, it was also to do it. Then God said, if you are able to do all that is written, that is, if you are able to live in the particular way I have prescribed, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if you are able to live in the particular way that I, God, has prescribed, then you yourself, not, not God now, not me now, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as God was speaking now, he said, not me now, you yourself are going to make your way prosperous. And then you have good success. So you can see here that even the people that were under the authority of the devil, even the people that didn't have the life of God, were able to make their way prosperous. So even though prosperity was not their identity, they were able to produce prosperity because of the way they were living. So you're not going to produce prosperity just because prosperity is your identity. No. There is a living in a particular way. So God prescribed a kind of living for Joshua. Aha. And Joshua lived that life. I, I can only assume that he lived that way. Why? Because a few years later, we see Joshua, a man, speaking to the son. Joshua stood before the son and spoke to the son the way Adam would act before Adam fell. I was beginning to think, you know, for a moment, Joshua, an unbeliever, sincerely speaking, I say an unbeliever now, I mean, okay, let me say Joshua, a believer that is not born again, stood before the Son and spoke to the Son as God. He prospered. Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. So we must understand certain things. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 23. So there is a living in a particular way. So the major entrance to the experience of prosperity in your life is because of the way you're living. I hate to say this, but this is the truth. The major entrance to 
the, the prosperity, do you producing prosperity in your individual life is because of the way you are living. So if you can change the way you live, listen to listen, listen, gentlemen, if you can change the way you live to the way God has prescribed for you to live, then you would automatically be prosperous because you would make your own way prosperous. Now, this means that you wouldn't even need to pray for prosperity. You know, I think it's Bishop David that said something, that I have never prayed for money once in my life. Now, this was a man that wasn't always rich. We've had different testimonies about how, when I went, how and when he started his ministry. And how, you know, broke he was at the time. I wouldn't want to use the word poor. But he said, I never prayed for money, not even once. You can imagine this, that I never prayed for money. So it means that this man understood that you don't pray for money. It comes to you as a result of the way you live. So as a believer, you need to understand there are many things you don't pray for. You absolutely have no business praying for them. It comes to you as a result of the way you live. Matthew 6, 23, read for us. Matthew 6, 23. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Mm-hmm. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great mm-hmm. is that darkness? Thank you. Now, look at this. Jesus said, if your high is evil, when he was saying high now, the Lord Jesus is talking about the way you see things. He was not referring to your high, literally. Okay? He was saying, if the way you see things is evil, then he said, everything about you is going to be evil. Please, can you read the scripture again? Yes, sir. But if thine eye be evil, mm-hmm. thy whole body shall be full of darkness. Jesus is Lord. If your eye is evil, that is, if the way you see things is evil, it says the whole body. Now, your body is a manifestation. I mean, your body is the part that uh, enjoys or suffers the manifestations of what um, your mind, your spirit conceives. If your mind and spirit conceive good things, it is your body that enjoys the good things. Okay? If your mind and spirit conceive sickness, it happens to the body. If your mind and spirit conceive bad things, it happens to the body. So Jesus was speaking literally here. No, I mean not literally here. He was saying in the form of a, a form of a paragraph that if your eye were evil let's start from verse 22 it says the light of the body is the high the light of the body is the high now if there your high be single it says your body shall be full of light notice if it says if therefore your eye be single 
that is if your spirit and your mind are single if both of them are on the same level if both of them are saying the same thing it says your body shall be full of light but it says if your eye be evil that is if at the end of the day the way you process things the way you see things is wrong it says your manifestation shall be full of darkness and the battle every christian is about fighting is the battle to keep our high single when we say single now i mean the battle to keep our minds in subjection to our spirits praise the lord and we have many believers today who see things differently from the way the spirit of god sees it now you understand what i'm saying better now third john chapter one verse two third john chapter one and verse two please just go ahead read revelations revelations chapter 12 and verse two just go ahead read revelations chapter 12 verse two i'll quote third john third john one to say is the lord i pray that thou mayest prosper even as thy soul prospers i'm going somewhere with this the lord i pray for you that you may prosper even as your soul prospers now apostle john doesn't say your spirit for a long time i used to think that apostle john made a mistake or the translators made a mistake i'm being honest now i used to think that maybe the translators made a mistake maybe apostle john actually meant as your spirit prospers but that's not true. Your spirit already is prosperity. But there is one hindrance to the manifestation of the prosperity of your spirit, your soul. Your soul. It says that I pray for you that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. Why is your why can your soul hinder? Your prosperity because see listen to me now so basically as a believer as a born again believer your identity is prosperity fine but the reason it is not manifesting is because your soul is hindering it now why is that your soul is the seat of your will your intellect and your emotions i will repeat your soul is is the seat of your will your intellect and your emotions now these three things for the normal person constitute the programming upon which his life is based upon no man i mean not now can live beyond the quality of his soul because his, his soul will determine the things that he really wants to do. His will. Now, his wills are influenced by his intellect, his own intelligence. And his intelligence is also, his intelligence helps him to put goals together and say, these are the things I want to do. 
But at the end of the day, his emotions influence which he wants to do. Now, the combination of these three, hmm? the combination of these three, or shall I say, the working of these three is central to the mind, not the brain, to the mind. So in other words, what we're saying is that the mind of a man is powerful enough to stop the man from prospering. If I, what I'm saying is this, that your mind is the number one obstacle that you have in your quest for prosperity. Why? Because your mind has been trained to live in a particular way before you receive the Lord Jesus. And your mind is still continually receiving training on a daily basis on how to live that does not agree with the word of God. Revelation chapter 2, who's the reforms? So talk to... Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Okay. And she being with child... Am I right? Revelation 12, 2, right? Yes. And she being with child cried, travailing in death, and pain to be delivered. To be delivered, sorry. Oh, I think I think I missed something there. Sorry, Ephesians 2, verse 5. Sorry. Ephesians 2, verse 5. Now, this is what I was saying. Third John chapter 1, verse 2 made it clear that you will prosper to the extent that your mind prospers. That your prosperity is determined by the prosperity of your mind. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 now says something. It says, do not be conformed to the world. Do not be conformed to the world. But it says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice the word he uses there, that do not be conformed to the world. I mean, do not become like the rest of the world. The rest of the world will cheat, they would lie, they will do all kinds of things to acquire, you know, goods. But don't join them because you do not need to acquire, they will be added to you. There is one point that believers still do not understand that many of the things that the Gentiles are seeking for, that we are seeking along with them, we do not have what it takes to get it by ourselves. And if eventually we get it by ourselves, the cost to us is going to be greater. Because it's going to cost us the kind of life we should be living. So every time you are living, you are not living according to the will of God, I mean, according to the instruction of God, according to the prescription of God, it is costing you the benefits and the blessings that would have been yours if you had been living according to the prescription of God. And you really would not know what you missed until you die. I'll be frank with you. You really would not know what you have missed until you have died. And you now see the glory you have left behind. That was not reviewed. Somebody say prosperity. I prosper because I am a child of God. 
I prosper because my mind prospers. The mind. It is a powerful state. For a non-believer, the mind is powerful enough, even for a believer now, to put the spirit of the man in a cage. I'm being honest with you. This is what Lord Jesus said. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But then he said, you will know the truth. So if your mind has not been introduced to the truth, you can still remain in bondage after the Son has set you free. The mind is powerful. It is the stumbling block that is against your prosperity. It is the reason why your Christian work is rising and falling. Your mind. And no amount of prayer can take it away. Let's deal with it with sense. Spiritual sense, that is. Prayers don't change the programming of the sons of God. And this is why there are some things that you can't pray your way through. You see someone suffering from kleptomania. You see a child, or probably a child of God, suffering from, you know, probably pornography or immorality. You see a child of God suffering from the spirit of lust and many other things like that. And then the first thing we want to do is that we want to cast out the spirit. It does not work that way. Now, 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 you may force the spirits to get out, but they would always come back and find the place neat. Because there is something that is ensuring that they remain there. It is the mindset. The mindset is referred to as a stronghold. In fact, the Bible refers to the mindset as a stronghold. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And as he continued, he says, "Everybody we bring down arguments. You are not surprised that the way you, you shatter strongholds is that you destroy arguments. Where do arguments reside? In your mind. Is somebody learning now? So there are some behavioral problems that children of God have. It is not binding and casting that will solve it. What will solve it is that the mind needs to be renewed. The person needs to be, the mind needs to be exposed to the truth. Without this truth, it will continue in that rotten state. Praise the Lord. Can somebody say again, I prosper because my mind prospers? the mind it can be the stumbling block no wonder that god said in ephesians 3 20 that god is able to do and the bible says in ephesians 3 20 rather that god is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you may be able to think the first thing it says is think or ask for but according to the power that worketh in you. So the power that worketh in you is different from your thinking ability. 
And the way to get your eye to be single, listen to me now, ladies and gentlemen, the way to get your eye to be single so that your body can be full of light is to get your thinking and the power that is working you on the same terms. This is when you can enter into rest. Brethren, this is what the Bible calls faith. Getting your mind and your spirit to see things the same way. It, it, it is not a day's job. It takes renewal. Understand this. Your, your disposition in your mind. Listen, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Your disposition in your mind is able to hinder your work and ultimately your ability to prosper. God has already testified about Joshua that he has a different spirit with him. That is Joshua and Caleb. But yet God told him that this is the way to prosper. This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth. Because God knew that as, as he continues to live, the mind can hinder his work. So the truth is, whether you like it or not, your mind is acquiring information every day. It is being renewed on a daily basis. Now, it is either being renewed to strengthen itself against the Spirit of God that is in you, or renewed in submission to the Spirit of God that is in you. You have one of these two is happening every day. So if you are not prospering yet, you know which one is happening. Renew the mind. With what? With the word of God. The word of God is the prescription of God for how to live. Praise the Lord. There is a task ahead of you. There is an assignment for you in every season. There is things, there are things that God expects you to do. There are responsibilities ahead of you. It is not just about you praying for blessings. Listen to me, I'll be frank with you. We don't give to God so that we may be blessed. We give to God because we are blessed. So the reason the children of God are not moving more is that they are always seeking blessings from God and treating Him like Father Christmas. Let me teach you. You are already blessed. Don't let anybody boo you. So you don't give to God. You don't perform your responsibilities to God because you want to be blessed. You perform it because that is His way of doing things. That is the way to make the blessings manifest. So if you are going to prosper, you need to live according to the will of God. You need to live according to the plan of God. You need to live according to God's description. Now, you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5. 
Ephesians 2 verse 5. Yes. Even when we were dead in sins, had keeping us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Even when we were dead in the spirit, he has what? Quickened us along with Christ. The Bible says, by grace you are saved. When we were dead, he quickened us. So, the issue is not, maybe um, the power is not available. My dear, the power is available. You've been quickened. You have the life of God in you. You have the requirement for prosperity. But the life in you needs to be operated in a particular way. And this is why the Lord Jesus said, See, let me not lie to you. The kingdom of God I'm talking about has a righteousness. It has a standard operating procedure. Get it, you will prosper. So I am speaking to you as God has spoken to Joshua hmm? that the precepts of God, the will of God, the word of God must not depart out of your mouth day and night that you may observe to do all that God has commanded you. Then you will prosper and make your way prosperous. But you might begin to think all that God commanded you is a little bit ambiguous. We can be specific. There is God's intention for your marriage. There is God's intention for the job you do. There is God's intention for the area you live in. There is God's intention for how you should treat strangers. There is God's intention for the church that you attend. God is intentional about everything. And so anywhere you find yourself, you need to be intentional. Understand God's purpose in these places. But before you can learn to do this, you must have learned to change your spirit to receive from the Spirit of God. The Word of God, listen to me, the New Testament particularly has complete manual for how to handle your finances, how to handle relationships, how to handle family, how to handle your children. He has complete manner for all of these things. You need to live your life by these words. Emphasis on the New Testament. You need to live by these instructions. One. And then two, you need to live by the instructions of the Holy Ghost. We need to learn to walk with the Holy Ghost. But the thing with walking with the Holy Ghost is that your spirit must be trained. Your spirit must be trained. When I said your spirit must be trained, it's not like you have to go through a training. What we're saying is that your spirit must be receptive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And even you must be receptive to the voice of your conscience. So, if you would like to understand how 
to enjoy how to um you know uh how to be led by the spirit of god you can refer to our series on it i think to the four series how to be led by the spirit of god very important but let me say this that there is a key there is a key to prosperity there is a key that brings forth prosperity into the physical realm praise the lord it is called divine direction it is called divine direction that is living by god's instruction whether these instructions were given to you by the holy spirit whether they were written word of god whether they were the you know revealed word of god to you living by these instructions is perhaps the most important key to prosperity And so tonight, in the name of Jesus, we are going to be praying and asking for the grace to be able to commit to the retraining our mind. That's what we're asking for. Now, Father, we're asking for grace to be able to commit to the new world of our minds that we may indeed prosper as our soul prospers. We understand that it's not about what we do any longer, but about how we live. And we know that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us. But we want to ask for the grace, or put, or say probably, that we want to activate the grace to be able to commit to the renewal of our mind this evening. Even as we pray, can we begin to pray now?